Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, June 26, 2022, and welcome to another episode of the Now Mind You podcast. Now we're in episode 25, Combat, right? I'm TJ. I'm Matt. And the docket for today, what do we got? We have, in terms of boxing, McCaskill versus Ibarra, and mm-hmm. then we also have UFC Fight Night, Sarukian versus Gamrot. Uh, we're not even going to waste any time. Spoilers, you know what it is. Matt, take us there, man. So we're going to start out with the boxing. Uh, last night, my teammate, Jessica McCaskill, shout she out. had... Yeah, shout out, shout out, shout out. Brr, 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 brr. That's why she got Wikipedia page. She official. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Jessica, last night, got a chance to fight against uh, Alma Ibarra, and she was defending her unified welterweight crown, uh, which is 147 pounds for yes 147 pounds in boxing which is what welterweight is and Mm -hmm. she is the undisputed champion meaning she is the wba wbc ibf wbo ibo and ring welterweight champion that's right she got all All of them she's got the thanos glove basically yeah essentially she has the yeah that's what she got for real for real that's the infinity gauntlet (laughs) has the infinity gauntlet um so last night she had a chance to fight Alma Ibarra. Alma Ibarra is uh, if a pretty tall Mexican girl, if I'm being honest. I was mm-hmm. um the the height difference wasn't it wasn't insane, not necessarily on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's taller than at least I felt like I remembered her being. Um mm-hmm. she's five nine. And Jessica's five six, but like that three inches, you I felt like it you counts. Could really see it, yeah. Like at least when they were standing across from each other. Um, Alma had been calling Jessica out. She is from uh, Monterey, Mexico, and you know she came to this fight. You know uh, she walked into this fight ten and one. You know which even when they were just saying each other, saying the records and announcing each other, I just was like, that's kind of crazy that. Jessica's 11 and two and she's 10 and one. You know what I'm saying? It's literally a two fight difference in both directions between their careers. Um, And, you know, all leading up to this, uh, Rick Ramos, Jessica's coach, our coach, my coach, he had been saying that this was going to be the best performance of Jessica's career. And um, if we just look at her record in general, he was 100% correct. Mm. Um, Jessica came out of the gate at Alma Bar like she was shot out of a cannon and as if she like a bloodhound and they gave her like a pig, uh, some of her hair and was like go find this person damn <laughs> no i oh i'm so serious i like i've never even seen her like that like, <laughs> i don't know if they put some, gave us some smelling sauce or something. It was blood in her eyes at the beginning of this fight. Like <laughs> it was like she wants blood. <laughs> she ran damn near across this ring and immediately establishes herself with, you know, just right hands, right hooks, you know, jabs, just going up and down, and was also putting up pretty good defense, making herself a hard target to hit, cutting mm-hmm. angles, going up and down. Um, she hurts her pretty bad with a uh a really large looping overhand right perfectly hits her on the chin, kind of makes her legs, you know, dance a little bit, gives a little spaghetti leg action. And then afterwards, you know, we get back, go back to the second round. That was pretty much, most of the damage was done by Jessica. Yeah. Um, every time it eventually turned into every time that there was an exchange of any sort, 
Alma was going for a grab and not a punch. Mm. Um, and that, that got a little irritating after a while, just, just kind of as a fan watching it, not even because of who she is, but just, I just don't like seeing that in, in my fighting period. Like, right. y'all not in the UFC, grappling is not a part of the game here. Like, fight or don't fight. Right. And um, Quit stalling. Yeah, just quit all the stalling. So it was essentially the same story. Round two, she hurts her a lot. Round three, she damn near puts her down. Um, I mean, there was so much grappling. It was grappling to the point they both ended up on the ground at a certain point. She's like trying to lay on Jessica and it was just a lot. Um, mm. At the conclusion of the third round, she goes back to her corner and we see what looks like some sort of dispute between she and her corner and somebody right on the side of the ring and they're arguing, they're yelling back and forth. And I just see her on the see on the broadcast she literally is telling her coach looks like he's pleading with her she's like i said no no like no oh. i know my answer is no and she turns and she literally turns in her seat away from her coach and the referee calls it and alma abara was stopped on her stool uh in three rounds jessica retains the world championships um and that pretty much was the end of that there's a lot of fan backlash um, not on Jessica, but on Alma Ibarra just for, for quitting. And right. on top of that, this was a Mexican woman fighting in Texas. They were in San Antonio. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, optics. Jessica's half Mexican, you right. know, as well. Not to not to say that it wasn't, you know, that they, not to downplay her heritage, but like right. a straight Mexican from Mexico going into texas like they're right. expecting first of all texas is texas wants blood all right. the time right you watch any form of fighting don't go to texas and fight if you ain't feeling if you're not coming out there to hurt somebody right um because they do not respect that but ultimately that was that um she called out Chantel cameron or well, not necessarily called her out but the they've been circling each other for a while now so I think what's going to ultimately be the thing is I think Chantel Cameron may be the next fight. And Chantel Cameron is the undisputed champion at 140. So Jessica could very well go down and get those belts because she's essentially uh, a lighter fighter just playing pretend welterweight. She's just so good at it that she became <laughs> the unified champion of the division. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, that's all I that's all I got for the boxing man. Let's let's uh let's go over into that UFC. All right, UFC fight night, Sarukin versus Gamera. I'm gonna say this. I thought the card delivered. Yeah. Um a lot of action. There was even on the the fights that ended in decisions, non-finishes were very exciting. All right. Uh first up we had to open up the main card, we had Chris Curtis versus Hodolfo. I should say Chris Action Man Curtis. Mm -hmm. uh, also known as Christopher Bryant, shout out. Uh, but <laughs> Action Man Curtis versus Rodolfo Vieira. Um, spoiler alert, this was a middle, middleweight bout. Uh, ended in a unanimous decision win for Chris Curtis, right? Uh, Action Man, 34 years old, fighting out of the UFC with an MMA style. Made the Octagon debut back in November of 2021. Uh, last two fights, basically his two fights in the UFC so far, again, Octagon debut, UFC Octagon. But uh, took out Allen with a KO back in December of 21. Uh, and on his debut, took out Phil Hawes uh, with a knockout. That was back mm -hmm. in November of 21. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira, big name in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world, but, uh, you know, 32 years old, 
find out of Brazil, Brazilian jiu-jitsu style, obviously, right, with what I said. Made his octagon debut back in August of 2019, last three fights. Uh, won two out of his last three, right? Uh, back in March of 2020, got a submission win over Safarov. Uh, took an L via submission against Hernandez back in February 21, and then got a, a submission win over Stol- Stol- Stoltzfus in July of 21. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, this was like, I will say the story of this fight was Action Man and his body shots. That's like, that's basically, it's like they were both putting on quite the pace at the beginning. Uh, I will say that Chris Curtis had quite the gas tank in him and maintained the pace, but it's like, if you looked at Chris Curtis, man, every time, like it, it didn't look like much at first, but shout out to the commentators, Brendan Fitzgerald, uh, Paul Felder, the count himself, Mike Bisping, but they were pointing it out too. It's like early on, you saw Chris Curtis targeting the body, right? targeting the body i didn't even know he was a southpaw but he was targeting the body like his body shots were landing and they were hurting and they paid dividends and Rodolfo vieta was showing like good like combinations like with his hands trying to set up his takedowns but here's the other thing within this fight chris curtis had 100 takedown defense right man one he was working that i'm takedown not saying defense. i'm not saying he he got like not he stopped nine out of ten i mean like all takedown attempts were stopped and if you are somebody going against a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and you know that in order for them to enact their game, they need to take this to the ground, that's saying something. Like, just think about how let's, that must have messed up Hodolfo, men, uh, Hodolfo mentally, dude. Let's just throw this out here as well. He stopped 20 attempts. Yeah. 20. Yeah. That's, he, that's This man that's attempted 20 times, and he stopped it all, all 20. 20. 100% takedown defense. One zero zero, not ninety something, not eighty something, a hundred percent. But now, like, it was just, whew, man. Chris Chris Curtis was just letting him know, it's like, hey, you can't take me down. Take this body shot with you. Oh, now that you think the body shot's coming, here's an overhand for your ass, right? He literally drug him into a war of attrition. Yeah, and he won that war. Yeah. Um, I ain't got nothing else to say about that, man. What do What do you think, man? No, I thought it was a great fight. Beautiful performance. I, I, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic performance by Chris Curtis Blades. Um, <laughs> I, I thought he went hard, man. Like his nickname is Action Man for a reason, and even like they mentioned on the uh, on the broadcast, I don't know if you caught this. Like they were like, "Oh, uh, Sean Strickland is his teammate. Of course, yeah. he fights like this. Like yeah. if your teammates with a guy that fights like a psycho, then <laughs> you're gonna also fight that same way, especially if you have to deal with him on a regular basis." Yeah, yeah. If your teammate's a psycho. I mean, come on, man. Look, look who we're talking about. Right. Sean Strickland? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, next up, we had Nate Manus versus Umar Nurmagomedov, who is actually Khabib Nurmagomedov's cousin. Um, this was a bantamweight fight. Uh, let's talk about uh, Nate Mayhem real quick. We had Nate Mayhem Manus, right, 30 years old, fighting out of the UFA, kind of a boxing background, boxing style, if you will. Uh, at least his first intro to combat sports was through boxing. UFC Octagon debut, August of 2020, last three fights. Uh, got a dub off of Munoz by decision in August of 2020. Took a dub off a of submission from Sanders in November of 2020. 
and then got a knockout win over Gravely back in September 21. So he's coming off with a three-fight win streak. Uh, Umar Namagameda, 26, fighting out of Dagestan. You know what that means. MMA style, right? Uh, made his octagon debut January of last year. Last two fights for him was against uh, Marzov in January of last year, got a dub by submission. Keller in March of 2022, March of this year, got a dub by submission. So he's coming off a two-fight win streak, right? Uh, pretty fresh face, but again, look at his last name and look at whose cousin is and who also happened to be in this corner that night. He's got that team, a.k.a. Team Eagle uh, on his back, man. Isn't Plus Khabib out of undefeated as a coach? Low-key, I think so. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't know if that's if they've said anything about that officially, but I'm almost positive he's undefeated as a coach. Huh. Um, but round one, I mean, you could take any frame from this fight, and it's like the same thing. This went to decision, uh, unanimous decision for Nurmagomedov, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, it's just Manus was not ready for that grappling. Uh, but here's the thing. Is too. anyone? Here's the, but here's the thing, Matt. Nurmagomedov isn't just grappling. The dude had hands. Let me tell that you kick something. Was crazy, dude. Oh, I was sorry. just about to say. I was just about to say. He literally threw a thrust kick to Manus's face, and I thought that it was over. Like you, you need to understand, folks. There was no telegraph. There, like he just lifted up seen his a, chamber and like I've never seen one in the um, face. I've never seen a question mark thrust kick before. That's, <laughs> like, that's a good call out. I think that's <laughs> damn near the way to describe it. Like I've uh, never seen a motherfucker throw no kick like that before. No one expected that, right? Much less uh, Manus. But I'm just saying it's like that was wild. But needless to say, like this, the the story of this fight was just like the domination through the grappling that we're used to seeing out of that that camp, right? The Nurmagomedov camp. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it's like Manus, and this isn't to like, you know, disparage Manus, but it's like not many people. I mean, you even kind of jokingly said it right now, like who is ready for that type of control on the ground? Um, it it, pure, you know, it, it's, was, it was one-sided, pure domination. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's literally like when something gets introduced that other people don't have access to, you it changes. Give it time. Yeah, you know you what I'm saying? time for you the rest of them to catch it's up. Like, yeah. It's like... Um, European, a lot of European wrestlers, I mean, not wrestlers, but a lot of European fighters, and Michael Bisping, I've even heard say this, like, on air and stuff before, like, they don't really have wrestling like that over there. Yeah. So that's a deficit that they have, you know, and that's just kind of like, culturally, that's a big thing where they're from, is wrestling. Yeah. Like, more than anything else, like, we got football. Kids can go to football, soccer, and all this other shit here. Like, it's wrestling or you just like, you not doing, you wrestling or you going to work. Which one are you doing? You know what I'm, I'm saying? Three. Damn here. It's like, right. I'm three. It's like, sir, your so beard. You work? No. Yeah. It was like, sir, look at this beard. He was like, all right, I'm five. You're right. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought so. No, oh, man, these, these motherfuckers be having to go to work, dog. So Yeah, yeah. I thought the fight was great. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it? Is it no, is it I got nothing else to say. It was it was, it was one sided domination. Uh, I think Manus is gonna get, come back because you know, three fight win streak. He took an L. It was a decision. He'll come back. He'll be stronger. His career ain't over. Um, oh man, not at all. He'll be fine. Um, yeah. Look, man. I just you gotta expect something when you see that name, 
And yeah. the fact that he took he took the fight, he didn't cower. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, the guy came to fight. It was clear. Yeah. He never. It's evident that those people that people are coming to fight when you see how they perform under that pressure. When they're getting yeah. taken down, when guys are jumping on them, gluing them to the floor, punching them a whole bunch of times. You know, when to, you once to you, his credit, like Manus did kind of stop like uh, a lot of the a lot of Nurmagomedov's like attempts to get to a mount position. Right. Like, it's not like it, it was just like complete, complete domination. But like you said, like he did come to fight. He was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. He did what he had to do is just sometimes you just don't have enough. Right. You know. Right. Um, with that, you want to take us into. Did you did you catch uh, Moises versus Thiago? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I got take a us chance into to that catch that shit, dude. That should be a quick one. <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Should be a quick one. Um. We had Tiago Moises and how do you say this other guy's name? I do not want to mess this it up. It was Christos Hiagos. I think yeah. the G was kind of like a, a he, like a Hiagos. Yep. And let's <laughs> <laughs> call him Christos. Let's call him Christos. Or the Spartan. Yeah. That's his nickname, right? The Spartan. Call him the All Spartan. Right. Yeah. So we had Tiago fighting against the Spartan. Um, Tiago is a guy, realistically, he's really, I feel like he's been the UFC forever, but since he's only been there since though. 2018, but you know, he fights a lot. Yeah. So, Dude's you know, he's just, just, yeah, he fights about three on average, about three times a year, mm-hmm. especially since he's gotten into UFC. So that's good for him. Um, and this is like, this was like his sixth straight fight in Vegas. Um, and they're like damn near all fight nights. So, Hey, good for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a guy that obviously, in case you couldn't guess from the name, Brazilian guy, Southpaw. Oh, what? No, right. No. Surprising, right? Um, black belt in jujitsu, another shocker. No. Um, he's an American top team guy. Yep. And um, like I said, he's just a guy that seems like he's been in the UFC for a while, but he's kind of been, kind of was coming off two losses, one of which was to Islam Makashev. No shame in yeah. that. And then another one was to Joel Alvarez, but both of those were stoppages. So he was looking to bounce back. And then on the other end, you had uh, Christos, who is from California. And, you know, he's been on a, quite a few teams. Dude, he's been uh, uh, in the UFC since 2014. Well, he's been on quite a few teams, been in the UFC for a while, a legitimate veteran. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Legitimate veteran. Um, was in the UFC, left for a little bit, came back. And he's also been having some up and down success. And last night, unfortunately for him, that continued. He did the best he could to thwart the takedown. He did the best he could to get back up. Um, the flaw came when he got back up. Yeah. Um, there was just there was very little striking. Most of this fight took place on the ground, but Tiago Moises was able to get Christos's back when he tried to get on. He kind of tried to post up to stand on all fours. Yep. And Tiago jumped on his back, put the seatbelt on him, and he tried to fight it, tried to get through it, and ultimately, RNC, baby. Yeah, but what what type of RNC, Matt? A rare one. Well, why don't you tell him, Jiu-Jitsu guy? Tiago Moises pulled off a one-arm rear naked choke with an MMA glove on. Insane. I don't know if you guys know how hard Insane, that is. Insane, dog. <laughs> like, 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 he was fighting off someone's hands while on their back and managed to get a one-arm rear naked choke. Like, he got a performance of the night bonus. I'll just leave it oh, at yeah. that. Yeah, no, uh, that shit was crazy. There were a man. lot of, they were throwing the bonuses out tonight. I'll just say that too, but uh, well-deserved. 
It was um, well deserved, 100%. Yeah, dude. Uh, up next, we have Josh Parisian versus Alain Boudou. Uh, this was a heavyweight bout, and it got a performance of the night accolade for, spoiler alert, Josh Parisian, who got the W via TKO. A little bit of background on both fighters. Josh Parisian, age 32, fighting out of the USA. Uh, more of a striker right? in terms of style, made his UFC Octagon debut in November of 2020. Last three fights, uh, Porter took an L by decision in November of 2020. Martinez took a W by split decision, right, against Martinez in June of 2021 and unfortunately got finished via KO, TKO by Mays in December of 2021. Uh, on the other side, we have Alain, this is a black samurai Boudou, right, 34 years old, fighting out of France, coming from a judo style. Uh, made his UFC Octagon debut October of 2020. Last three fights, three straight L's. Uh, Aspinall in October of 2020 on his debut, right? Via knockout TKO. Uh, Nascimento Ferreira, same thing. Knockout TKO. So he took that L in July of 2021. And then also took an L by unanimous decision against Porter. So he's like 0 for 3 uh, last three fights since his debut. Um so needless to say, he needs an L, uh, he needs a W, but that was not the case. So round one, uh, we see that, you know, Bordeaux is looking pretty much good shape, but he's starting off at a high, high pace. We get like an accidental groin kick from Bordeaux. Uh, so there's like a brief stoppage, brief timeout. Uh, both are throwing hands and Parisian keeps on like these sweet leg kicks. Um, there was a lot of scrapping, very high pace in that first round. And then we see a short right hammer fist from Bodo that connects with Parisian's jaw, and he drops Parisian. Um, and we see Bodo makes an effort to capitalize on this, and there's a Kimura threat. But before we know it, it gets flipped. Like Parisian just flips the script, right? And he's dominating, like dominating, dominating toward the end of that round. And it almost looks like he's close to finishing Bodo. Uh, and you would have thought that Bodo was close to finishing Parisian early on. Round two. Um, we're seeing like Bordeaux really letting those hands go and really using a lot of dirty boxing, right, with the hammer fist. But Parisian is able to shoot a mean double leg again. He got a few takedowns in the first round, and he got a takedown in this round too. Um, and he's just heaping the damage on top of Bordeaux. And it, it's to the point where the ref is even like saying like, hey, Bordeaux, I need you to show me some, like fight back, defend, do some, or else I'm calling the fight because dude is just taking damage. We have to keep in mind that these folks are heavyweights. Um but Parisian is just heaping the damage, heaping the damage. Uh, it's like no matter where Bodo goes, Parisian is there, right? Scramble, scramble, scrambles. Uh, Parisian gets the mount, Bodo is in trouble, and then the ref stops it. Now, at this point, right, this is Bodo's fourth loss since starting and his third time getting finished since his debut. Uh, his career might be over. Right. Uh, needless to say, Josh Parisian did get uh, a performance of the night bonus because of his performance. It was pretty dominant. He also needed a W. So good for him. Uh, best of luck to Bodo. Next up, we have the co-main event in Neil Magny versus Shafkat Rachmanov. Right. Uh, this was in the welterweight class. Neil, forever the veteran. Right. Neil, the Haitian sensation. Magny, 34 years old, fighting out of the USA with an MMA fighting style, made his UFC octagon debut in February 2013, last three fights, uh, he took an L to Kiesa by decision in January 2021, got a W against Neil in 
May of 2021, got a split decision W against Griffin in March of 2022. Shafka Nomad Rachmanov, 27 years old, fighting out of Uzbekistan, coming with a Sambo style, made his UFC octagon debut March 21st, 2020. Last few fights, three straight dubs in all honesty against Oliveira, right, in October 2020 by submission against uh, Prazeres in June of 2021 by submission against Harris in February 2022 by knockout TKO, right? Uh, I, I just want to say, like, the story of this is just straight dominance. Like, this is very similar to what we saw with uh, Nate Manus, Mayhem Manus versus Umar Nurmagomedov. It's like they're not ready for the grappling, but also Rachmanov is, like, showing that he's got striking as well, right? But the big thing is, like, I, I guess... Magny kind of made a mistake in rechambering his kicks because soon enough, like Magny throws a thrust kick and Rachmanov times it, catches it, and takes the fight to the ground. And then it's just pure dominance. Like that Eastern European grappling is something different, man. And I don't think Magny was ready for it. Uh, you, I, It seemed like this would have been like the same round repeated three times, but towards the end of the second round, um, we're seeing that Rachmanov is about to get a darts on Magny. Like Magny keeps on putting himself in a position where he's in trouble. It's like he doesn't want to get mounted. He doesn't want to get his back exposed. So he ends up in that like tabletop position where, oh, you are giving him an arm and your neck. Darts territory, right? But instead, we don't get a darts. We see that Rachmanov just manages to get a guillotine from close guard. Like the story of this fight to me is like, Rachmanov was so well-rounded, he essentially funneled Magny into two options. It's like, either you get finished by my strikes or you get finished by my submissions. What's your pick? Either way, you're not getting an L tonight. It's going to be me. I'm going to get that W. Like, Rachmanov was just overwhelming. And Magny is a good fighter. Like, no, we're not we're not taking any shine from Magny. We're not disparaging Magny. I'm just saying, like, Rachmanov, like, the dude is on a mission and it showed Obviously, he also got a performance of the night bonus. Lastly, we had the main event, uh, Armand Sarukian versus Garat Mateusz uh, Gamrat, right? This fight of the night in the lightweight class, right? We have Armand Ahal Kalaketz Sarukian, right? I hope I didn't mess up the pronunciation of the nickname. And then we had on the other side, Mateusz Gamer Gamrat, right? Now, Armin, 25 years old, fighting out of the UFA, uh, UFA by way of, well, actually, he's fighting out of um, Armenia by way of Russia, right? Um, kickboxer, kickboxing style, made his UFC octagon debut in April of 2019. Last three fights straight, like three straight dubs, right? Uh, for Vola in January 2021, WV a decision. Giagos, September 2021, WV a knockout TKO. Alvarez, February of 2022, WV and Knockout TKO. And we actually covered that uh, in earlier episodes of the Now Mind You podcast, right? So check that out if you want to see how we covered his fight against Joel Alvarez, right? Now, Mateusz uh, Gamer Gamrot, 31 years old, fighting out of Poland, coming from a strong wrestling background, right? Uh, he was like a Polish champ in like two divisions in MMA too. So he's got a bit of a pedigree coming into the UFC, but made his UFC octagon debut October 17, 2020. Last three fights, same thing, three straight dubs, right? Uh, Holtzman in April 2021, he won that via KO, TKO. 
Stevens in July of 2021 won that via submission. Fajeda in December of 2021 won that via knockout. TKO or Fajeda or Ferreira, right? But all I'm going to say is this. I'm going to keep it short. Um, it's like you saw the same round over and over. These two gentlemen were so evenly matched when it comes to their wrestling that at a certain point you, you're watching this and you're just telling yourself, they're going to have to finish this on the feet. There's no way they're going to be able to get some type of submission, right? You, they're going to have to finish this on the feet. Like every, this was the first time in a long time where I've watched uh, an MMA match. And I was like, man, this is some high level wrestling exchanges and wrestling gram- uh, scrambles. Like they could not get one over the other. Like the only way this was going to go down was on the feet. Like somebody's either going to have to score more points Somebody's going to have to get knocked out or TKO'd, right? Um, But the one thing I will say, you saw a lot of kicking coming more so from Armin, and you saw more boxing coming from uh, Mateos, right? Gamrot. But it was such an entertaining fight. These two are warriors, and it was so close. Like, so, 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 so close. Um, Toward the championship round, you were seeing like Gamrot finding a little bit more success with his takedown attempts and actually finishing the takedowns and being able to hold down Tarukian. But man, let me tell you something like that. There's a reason why this got fight of the night. Um, the thing that was surprising now, if you didn't see, spoiler alert, right? Gamrot got the W, but it was a unanimous decision when I was like, really? It was unanimous. I would have expected it to be a split decision because. Watching that fight myself, I thought it was super hard to score. They were both like head-to-head on the strikes. They are both head-to-head on the wrestling. Um, but I, I would have seen it being like a 2-2 up until round five, right? Maybe it's a 3-2, but honestly, it's like I was surprised it was a unanimous decision. I was thinking more split decision. But that's it. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up our thoughts on UFC – Fight Night, Tarukian versus Gamrot. Uh, thank you as always for listening, everybody. Uh, check us out wherever you can find us. Right right now, we are currently being distributed on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. In terms of social media, you can find us on Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, right? In terms of how you can reach as well, Instagram, Discord, you name it. We're probably there. We're either at now mind you pod, N-O-W-M-I-N-D-Y-O-U-P-O-D, or search for now mind you podcast. Even on YouTube, you can find us, right? Uh, you can reach me, Tus for Skate on Instagram. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E. And they you can find Matt at Matt Hambrick on pretty much everything because my man's got his brand on lock. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. Thank you so much for listening. We're very appreciative and tune in for what we got next week. All right, y'all. Peace.